This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, and the home of the number one team in the country, 6 0. Yes, sir. The Empire State Champions <laughs> Classic. Yes, hey, look, we're the champions of that. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was an interesting weekend. It was a fun weekend. We saw a lot of different things happen. Wendell Moore arrived. AC, did he <laughs> arrive? <laughs> We're gonna talk about that in just a second. <laughs> I think we you are did. Gonna talk about I, that. I, I think you did. All right. So we have oh, we have a lot to, we have a lot to talk about. Want to start with uh, the Cal game? Want to go to the Georgetown game? Our best segment going forward right now. Our overreaction segment. Our second best topic going forward. Our most likely to happen segment. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I know you have a lot to talk about there. <laughs> and then we'll talk about a couple of games coming up here. AC, I want to start with Vernon Carey after coming off the Empire State Classic, the champions there. Vernon Carey has arrived. We have talked about Vernon Carey on this podcast multiple times. He has been a type of conversation for the fact that. James Weissman has overtaken him. Cole Anthony. So many other players have overtaken him in the rankings. Mm-hmm. To the point where he has not even shown up on first round, let alone lottery draft boards. AC, he had 31-12 against Good. Kyle in 24 minutes in front of MB3, Marvin Bagley, in front of Harry Giles, in front of R.J. Barrett. AC, is he here to stay? Yes, he is. He's here to stay. He is. He has proven himself as not only a, a presence on both ends of the floor, but somewhat of a leader too, man. Like his, he's just he's so he's so even keeled. Like he's just he's out there. He does his job, and he goes about his business. And life is great. His his conditioning looks good. He's been able to play thirty or close to thirty minutes whenever needed. Like he's he's there, man. He's good. He, the dude's balling. This he's he is feasting. It is feast week. He is feasting. This is the most wonderful time of the year. I love feast week. It's it's as close as you get to the conference tournament play. All these tournaments and things. I love it. And Vernon is feasting. My man is feasting. Well, it, it, there were so many NBA scouts in attendance uh, mm-hmm. in the garden, and they were there to see so many different players. Uh, but my, you know, I gotta be honest with you. Vernon Carey was a absolute man child. Even when mm-hmm. you know he missed down low, he went ferociously on the boards, grabbing offensive rebounds. He was a beast, stepping outside, knocking down threes. Apparently, there's something about the garden. Hey, by the way, your New York Knicks should probably look at this because he <laughs> loves shooting in the yeah. garden. They won't. <laughs> They'll mess it up. <laughs> yeah, man. No, he uh, he he showed out. He's he has now showed out in in the prime time a couple of times now, and it's it's only going to get better. Like that's he's definitely a he's a gamer. He is a a big game player, and he, it's just a, a, it, we should be very happy. We have him on our team. Yeah, we're gonna know, talk about him a little bit more later on. Sure. You know, it's funny. You know. During this game, uh, I personally thought that Joey Baker would have started uh, because Coach K has started a different lineup in every game he started so far this year. And so I thought mm-hmm. he would have started Joey. Actually, he did start a different lineup. He actually started the lineup that I think you and I both have agreed 
will be the starting lineup for the uh, remainder of the year. And that's all four freshmen plus Trey Jones. Wendell Moore started this game, and you thought that he would start against Bradley. Kudos to you on that. How do you feel like he emerged in this game? Uh, I believe uh, I believe Matt Bradley scored seven points <laughs> all night long. He was he was hounded. His his life was miserable with Wendell between Wendell and Cassius. Those two did an absolutely amazing job on a guy who is he's an excellent excellent college basketball player. He's a great scorer, scores everywhere all over the floor, and he did not look like that guy uh, on, on Thursday night. It's, it's funny. Cause we talked so I talked so much about him in our last podcast and I'm sure people saw that and were like, what, what the hell is AC talking about? This guy's horrible. He's not, he just scored 22 tonight against Texas. The guy's a good baller. It went kudos to the Duke defense. Wendell and Cassius did an amazing job on him. Wendell has the size to guard big guards, big, strong guards. He's got the strength to do it. He's our belt winner this year. When, I mean, just everything about Wendell, man, has just been, it's been, a learning curve and process for him. The guy's so young. And as he starts to put it all together, the guy's, he's just going to be so good, man. He's just going to be so good. So <laughs> yeah, the, the defense, I, I loved seeing him on Matt Bradley. And that was, that, that was the, the, the key to the entire thing. You can't let a guy like that get hot and we shut him down. Yeah. You know, we talked about that in the last podcast, you know, who would guard Bradley mm-hmm. and you came right out and said, I wouldn't be surprised if Kay started Wendell Moore. So I hate to do this. I hate to give you <laughs> kudos, uh, but you're absolutely Bring right. Bring it on. You know, Bring it yeah, on. You know, yeah, calm down. <laughs> calm down. I, I, I personally thought it would be uh, Cassius Stanley that would do mm-hmm. it. And, you know, they did a great job. I mean, he did. He, he played a good he yeah, played a he big role. And that's the one thing you can do. The one thing in college you really have to do with big scores like that is you have to switch. You have to give them different looks. Cassius right. offers something a little different from Wendell. Cassius offers the quickness, the the ability to get a steal against the guys. So that's something the guy's always worried about with Cassius is, is he going to try to get the steal on me? He's got that that quickness in the vertical. So I'm not going to be able to get a lot of shots and layups over the guy. So I got to attack him differently than I attack a Wendell Moore who's not going for steals. He's just bodying you up and playing physical and denying you the ball. So it's two totally different looks on the perimeter. That's versatility. Take your shot. Because that's what the team does, man. It offers you so many. Not only does it offer you so many different people to defend, it offers you so many different defenders. And that is just, dude. There is nothing any team can do right now to game plan against Duke's defense because we're not throwing a gimmick out there. It is we are simply playing one on one man to man defense with a little bit of help here and there, shutting down passing lanes on the opposite side of the floor, and it is just working like spades, man. It's beautiful. I love to see it. You know, it's funny that we talked about it in the last podcast, and Coach K talked about it against Georgia State after the, after that game, where we had so many offensive rebounds because we missed so many shots. I want to start saying now that, and AC, I want to I want to take your I want to have your take on this. Are we just a really good rebounded team because we had 50 rebounds to their 28? We shot we, we shot 41 and a half percent from the field. 37% from three. And you see, are we really just active with rebounding team? We are. We are. It's and it's a couple of things. It's we call we, we California only shot 36% from the floor, 37% from the floor. A lot of defensive rebounds gobbled up. We were we were a, a, an okay shooting team with 40%, but there's still offensive rebounds to be had in that regard because our pace is actually up. So you know, we're getting 60 shots a game 
so Duke was still able to corral 21 offensive rebounds this game. Like, yes, this is I that was the one thing I was worried about prior to the season. Were we going to be a good defensive rebounding or a good rebounding team? Period. I mentioned last year how good Zion and RJ were on the boards and everything else. This team is better, man. They 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 collectively rebound so well, and it and it's because the guards rebound so well. Wendell Moore is a great rebounder. Cassius Stanley is an amazing rebounder as a guard because of his his verticality and everything else. Trey rebounds really well from the point guard position. We're just corralling rebounds all over the floor right now. And could that change? Sure, over the season, we're going to run into some other teams that are better rebounded. Kansas out-rebounded, the things like that. We're going to run into some of those teams. But this team is this is one of the best rebounding teams I've seen at Duke in a while, man. It's, it's really reminiscent of the way the 2009-2010 team used to rebound. Everyone was in on the boards. Everyone had a shot at it. And that's the way this team operates. I completely agree. So let's switch gears to the championship game against Georgetown. Mm-hmm. We both we both thought that we would play Texas. Yep. Uh, Shaka Smart in the highest opportunity. That didn't happen. So we played Georgetown, Matt McClellan, yeah. and company. You know, Duke had multiple opportunities to blow this game wide open in the first half. We didn't quite do it. We did end up winning by double digits. But again, what I want to focus on is the rebounding effort. We out-rebounded them 43-29. to I just – what I came away from this weekend, Thursday and Friday night, was how good of a rebounding team that we are. You know, AC, yes. we talked about, you know, last year how good of a rebounding team we were, especially on the offensive end. This year, we are so good – yeah, rebounded the ball, and we're so good defensively. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I know we're the number one team in the country, and and I think that we obviously stated on this podcast that you know it's still early in the year and it's a little bit of fool's gold. But let's talk about the fact that even when we're not playing well offensively, we're so good that defensively, especially on the glass. Yep. AC, what am I missing here? No, you're not missing anything. Like it's a rebound is is the same. It's there's no difference between a turnover and a rebound, in in my opinion. Like it's it's a change of possession. So if we're not getting the turnovers, then we're gonna board the ball. And that was so important tonight. Was Georgetown played a lot better than what they were. Like they played like a team that is a they played like a ranked team tonight. They really did. Yeah. So when it, it gives me confidence moving forward that when we do play those ranked teams. I mean, you really you don't you don't play a lot better than Georgetown played in the first half and, and stretches. So against a team that offers size and offers you know, a hustle and and a tenacity, because that, that is a tenacious team that Pat Ewing has there. And I didn't give him a lot of credit as a coach prior to this game. And I, I think he is he's so far. It looks like he's done a really good job with this particular group. But we, we were able to do some things to differently tonight. We, you know, rebounding, rebounding the ball was the key. Forty three rebounds total. 19 offensive boards again man just such such a big effort on the glass like that those are the things you have to do to win in the tournament and we're doing them now we have to keep it up the season yeah so we we were better three-point wise in both games in the garden mm-hmm. which is kind of hilarious to me because you know cameron is a place that you would think that you would shoot so much better uh three-point wise <laughs> That was like last year's team, man. They didn't shoot well at home either. But I do want to focus on Wendell Moore. Uh, I don't want to go through both of these games without talking about Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore was inserted in the starting lineup. That was a little bit of a shock to me. 
Uh, I thought that I'm not sure Joey Baker was the guy that I would have been started, but I was kind of surprised to see that uh, Wendell Moore was the guy that they inserted. Mm-hmm. And see, do you think that, and, and I know that we've talked about this in prior podcasts, that this will be the lineup that we see, you know, at least midway through the ACC schedule. Right. Four freshmen plus Trey Jones. I mean, was this, was this Coach K saying, hey, look, you know, you're my guy. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with this lineup going forward. Or do you think this was a message sent to Wendell saying, "Hey, look, I trust you. I know you didn't have the best four games prior to this, and I just want you to, you know, have some confidence going forward." Yeah, I absolutely. Think it's the confidence boost. I think, I think he was empowering him to make the plays he was trying to make early on, because he knows, like, hey, is a wise coach. He knows moving forward in this season. We need him like and we've talked about it on this very podcast. We need Wendell to do the things that he showed us he could do this week, this weekend, which is attack the basket with full force, play ridiculous defense and and be a solid distributor at that. And he did those things, man. And we need that. We're going to need it against UVA. We're going to need it against Louisville's defense. We're going to need it throughout the ACC slate. We're going to need it against Michigan State coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to need it in the tournament. So he was absolutely what we needed out of him. And it was absolutely a Coach K move of we've been working on this. You've shown progress, which he has shown progress. And let's let's make it work against these two teams where, you know, to let's see how you can do it against better competition. And and he he shined, especially in this championship game. I don't want to put you on the spot, but we have talked about this on this podcast, so I want to ask you, is this going to be the starting lineup going forward? It could be. I, I think it is a starting lineup that we'll see. I don't think we're done seeing iterations of the starting lineup yet. I think, you know, you, you get into those January and February doldrums, and you get guys you get guys who are sick, you get guys who are tired, you get guys who are playing lazy, and somebody's playing well in practice, and they come in, and, and they get that spot start for K, and then maybe they show hey, this lineup isn't so bad, so maybe let's try it again. So you, there's a possibility there of I, – I still think there are one or two shaky spots in that starting lineup, but I think there are I think there are three spots that are being held down at the moment, which is Trey, Vernon, and Wendell. I think those three are absolutely solid, and I would almost I, – I would – I really want to put Cassius in that vein too because Cassius has done nothing to to say otherwise. Like, he has been – He's he's he has been great. So I, you could probably even put him in that in that that vein there. So the the Matt Hurt spot really at that point becomes the only shaky spot, which it is right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I it took it took everything in my power to not interrupt you there. Um, <laughs> I think that Cassius absolutely has tremendous himself yeah, in yeah. that starting lineup. I, I I don't think that's even a question. No, no, it's how, not. How 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 do you think that otherwise is beyond me? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Hurt, he only played five minutes in this game. He was over mm-hmm. four, didn't make uh, you know, a single shot, no points, two rebounds. I love Matthew Hurt. I think that I he will too. play. I, I will say that coming off the Cal game, you know, where he didn't play great, mm-hmm. uh, he had a couple, you know, shots that went down, you know, when the game was already over. You know, I thought that Matthew Hurt would come in in this game and, you know, knock a bunch of shots down early. Um, 
that was that was surprising to me that he played so poorly. And you know, I I, I want to give I want to give credit to Coach K here. He did not force Matthew Hurt into the lineup. He didn't force him to play a bunch of minutes when clearly Matthew Hurt had nothing to offer tonight, in my opinion. So I thought Jack White played a phenomenal game. I thought that, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a lot of guys. I thought Joey Baker played it pretty well. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, I've given him a hard time. So uh, I thought Jack played pretty well. I would not have played uh, Matthew Hurt. I really wouldn't have. Especially when the game was tight, I wouldn't have played him. Coach K did not. He only played four minutes tonight, five minutes tonight. What I want to ask you, AC, before we Mm -hmm. wrap up the segment is, is Coach K just going to do this the whole year, where you know, say, hey, we're going to we're going to run with the hot hand. He he has the ability. He has the ability to with this lineup. This is a this is a squad that a lot of different guys can do a lot of different things for this team and. If if someone is if someone is playing well in practice and if somebody is really just giving it their all and busting their tail and showing that they are a capable player, they're they're gonna play. There's there's ten guys absolutely that are capable of playing, and I st- personally I keep I, I'm campaigning for it as as if he's he's being elected in 2020. I'm campaigning for Justin Robinson to see a little bit of time on the floor. But if, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Clearly, he's not of the level of the guys on the floor, so it is what it is. But there, there are ten guys for sure who could, who could play any any given game and be the guys, be the guys who bring us back in a game, be the guys who lead us in scoring, be the guys who who find roles that are that are made tailor made for this team and what K likes to do. They're all there, man. They're all there. There's ten of them, and we haven't been able to say that in a while. Absolutely. So we played ten guys, multi, uh, double digit minutes. Against Powell, we played nine guys against Georgetown, double digit minutes. Let's play. Let's move on to our favorite segment. That was an overreaction. Woo! Yeah, here we go. So, AC, the first one is, especially after this weekend, Wendell Moore has a right. Uh-huh. Is, that an over, is that an overreaction, or are you going to allow it? Allow it! Allow it! I'm not even going to hesitate. No jokes. Allow yeah. it. Wow. Allow Wendell Moore arriving. This is what I've been I have been stomping my feet about it over and over again to the point of it being annoying, I hope. Please stop with the Wendell Moore trash. It's already I've already seen it on Twitter, I've already seen it on message boards at the start of this game. Because yes, he did make a couple of bonehead plays early on in this game. He's going to. Like that's gonna happen. But he recovered nicely and had an amazing effort the rest of the time. My one of the favorite things I had seen was when he blocked Mac McClung tonight and just gave him the business. Like that is like that's the dog that I want to see. Like that's that was that was like that's a totally different look on his face than you've seen all season. So he he's a team guy. He's not selfish. Like and and that's some of the things we've been hearing about him. Like he's a selfish guy. He's making these plays that aren't within the framework of the offense. He it's he is clearly. He, he was clearly being coached to do those things. And we need it. Like I said, we need it. And it's coming to fruition, man. This dude has, he is absolutely arriving. Like he is here. Wendell Moore is here and he is going to be a force the rest of the season. I'll allow it. I have no arguments there. What's next? Okay. TK. Here we go. This Duke defense has been incredible. This is Duke's best defense in this decade. 
overreaction. Will you allow it? Well, it is 2019, so I will say that the next closest great defense was 2010, the championship team. I'm going to allow it. Um, I'm going to be honest with you that this team, <laughs> <laughs> defensively, I'm, I want to I I tailor it back to the Jabari Parker here. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching the Jabari Parker here, I remember watching that game and that team, especially against Virginia in the ACC championship. I mean, it's Mercer, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in the uh, NCAAs. And I remember watching that those games and saying, although we can score, I know for a fact that we can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. This team, no matter what we do offensively, I know that defensively, we're fantastic. Yep. We can stop them inside, we can stop them outside. We pick up the point of attack before they even cross half court. <laughs> it is unbelievable what this team does defensively. And yeah. I know I know that it starts with Trey Jones. I know that he's unbelievable. So I don't see that slowing down. I really no. one of the things I wanted to do when I came into this podcast was ask you actually do you see this team slowing down defensively? No, absolutely not. Because we saw it tonight. It, 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 we're not a one-trick pony. It's not, let's just force 28 turnovers like we did against Kansas, and that's how we're going to beat everybody. Because that's kind of the things people were saying about this Duke team. Like, oh, they're not going to force 28 turnovers every game. Yeah, they're not. And they proved. We don't need to. We don't need to force 28 turnovers. We will make your top scorers miserable. Akenjo has done the best job all season, and he still was he was not towards the end of the game. He he was worn down because he had to work so hard to get his buckets. And that's what this team is going to do. If they don't turn you over, they're going to make you work hard. And then you're going to be tired by the end of the game. By the time you're tired, they're rebounding every single shot that you put up because you're missing them all. And we're going down court and scoring. Like, that's how it works. This team is amazing. I'll allow it. I can't argue that. All right, so let's go to our next one. And I wanted to do this actually Georgia State game because Vernon hmm. Carey plays so well. Hmm. And we talked about this in prior podcast where you know Vernon Carey his sophomore and junior year was the number one player in the country then he kind of kind of slipped down right mm-hmm. so now he's not even showing up on you know lottery boards or pre-draft boards AC after this weekend and after the Georgia State performance is Vernon Carey now arriving on lottery projection boards if you want to keep your job as an NBA GM, he better be. Let's let's look at let's look at some let's look at some efficiency. So, so, wait, so, so is an overreaction or that is unequivocally allowing <laughs> that Vernon Carey is a lottery pick. He should have been from the summer. I don't know what happened there. The guy is. What are you supposed to do with the 6'10", 270-pound monster that can shoot threes and shoot jumpers and has a decent touch from the free throw line? He hasn't been hitting them a lot, but it, it's going to fall. Like he's, he's got the touch. He's got everything you need. He can take it off the dribble. Like What more do you want from the guy? He was 5-for-5 five five against Colorado State, 8-for-10 against Central Arkansas, Georgia State. He was 7-for-14, 11-for-18 against Cal. His efficiency has, is unquestioned. His rebounding is unquestioned. The guy, just look tonight, man. Some of the boards he's getting, he's he's getting rebounds 
where he's going to either right under the basket where he's catching him at his stomach. Like he's, he is gobbling, like literally gobbling rebounds up. I haven't seen somebody rebound like that in forever. Like it's, it's amazing. And yeah, he doesn't have the second jump like Marvin, Marvin Bagley had, or he doesn't have the ability to run in from the three point line and grab giant boards like Zion did. He's just, he's getting them like a traditional center but he doesn't play just a traditional center's game. He's able to step out. He's able to do all those things you want to see from a big man in today's NBA. So the fact that he wasn't there is, is absolutely silly, man. I think, I, I think people saw what coach K has mentioned before, which was in high school, he was shooting a lot of threes, like more, more so than he was taking the ball inside, which I think that was kind of a, a case by case scenario. I don't think that happened his entire time he was in school because he wouldn't have been ranked the number three player in his class if that was the case but and he's just he just goes about and does his business and he I, he's not he's as close to bust proof as any big is in the country right now in college yeah i can't i can't argue any of that especially you know with the fact that he was ranked so high fell down the draft boards we wanted the isaiah stewart because we thought that they could play together mm-hmm. long story short do you want anybody play next to Vernon Carey who's better than Vernon Carey? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think there's a better big man in the country than Vernon Carey right now. Yep. How about that brotherhood now, Isaiah? I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> All right, TK. We're going to finish this segment off, man. This is going to be a good one. All right. Look, man. Bottom line, we've seen it now. We have a two-game two game sample size. That's all we need. Alex O'Connell is in the doghouse. He's done. Overreaction, I'll allow it. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow oh, it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'm wait, sorry. Wait a minute. Look, I, again, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. Oh, my God. Hold on. Oh, my God. Get your popcorn ready. I can't wait to hear this. Wow. All right. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to allow it. Um, okay. I think that, look, we have, first of all, we, we need to be very transparent with our audience, right? Mm-hmm. AC, did you see anything in the last two games that would suggest that he should not be in the doghouse? You're you're not wrong there. Okay, look. Did you see anybody that should play over Alex O'Connell? Anybody that should play over him? I guess I think Joey Baker. A lot of players. I, yeah. I, don't know, right? I, think, I think Jordan Goldwire. I think Jack sure, White. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of players. Yeah. Right? A lot of players should play over him. Yeah. Look. You know, we, we started this podcast out this season, especially for the first three games, talking about how great Alex O'Connell was. Mm-hmm. And he was. He was he was fantastic. He played defensively very well. Um, I love his ability to drive the basket. One thing that he did against Cal, you know, the second half, he had a phenomenal dunk. It was great. Having said that, if you really look at the whole body of work, especially you know, in the Empire Clash against, you know, Cal and Georgetown, he really didn't do anything. Yeah. And Coach K always plays to win. And I love that about Coach K. And I, I know a lot of fans, you know, don't they, a lot of fans and, and I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I, I, a lot of fans want Coach K to play different players to, you know, despite wins or losses, to get their feet wet and all those different things. But, but, but Alex O'Connell is a junior. He's had plenty of time to play in big moments. You know, we talked about, you know, last year when Cam Reddish went out 
You know, he started unbeknownst to him. Things scored, but played very well. I want to say about Alex Connell that he's had great moments and he's had terrible moments. And unfortunately, this weekend, he's been he's been really poor. He, he, he was poor. He was, he was bad. I mean, I, I want to find other language to, you know, talk about how he was, but he, he, he wasn't good. He was, he was bad. He was mm-hmm. a bad player. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, Jam Delarier and, and how poor he was. But I got to be honest, like, Alex didn't bring anything to the table. So if what? I'm going to talk about other players, I, I got to talk about Alex. Alex is poor. Alex is poor this weekend. And I think okay. that, you know, trying to spin it another way is very disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not authentic. And I think that Joey Baker, of all the players, is looking at this opportunity and saying, hey, you know what? If Alex is not going to grab this moment, I'm going to. So all those people that are out there clamoring for Joey Baker, hey, it's right there. It's, it's out there in front of them. And it's scary. i got to be honest, it's scary right now saying this. But in my opinion, hey, it's all or nothing right now. It's Joey Baker or it's Alex O'Connell. AC, do you disagree with me on that? I'll allow it. <laughs> you make a compelling case, man. I'll allow it. No, that's that's you make a compelling case right now. He is absolutely not our best. I guess you could call him secondary guard right now. Like the best, the best secondary offensive guard is is Joey Baker at the moment, and until proven otherwise that's that's correct because joey and alex both are not defensive stoppers and joey at the very least has been giving giving effort that alex hasn't and whether that's for whatever reason no no need to speculate for whatever reason the effort hasn't been there the way you want to see it for three games now and gotta see it change alex gotta see it change because you can help the team a lot man gotta see it change hey man he played 20 minutes in Madison Square Garden, he was one of ten. He hasn't shot the ball very well. I don't see a situation where, until proven otherwise, you give those minutes to Alex if he's not doing anything other than mm-hmm. what he's doing. So give those minutes to Joey. See what happens. I mean, yeah. just see what happens. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to our next favorite segment, which is mm-hmm. most likely. Play. And we have a lot to talk about here, AC, yeah. especially after our last podcast, which <laughs> is I predicted you did not. I want to just put that on the record that I predicted <laughs> correctly here that Coach K would shrink the bench. What is most likely here, AC, that he continues to shrink the bench in big games or does he not? It's. It, to me, it's most likely that he does not shrink the bench. Come on, we still man. Had, we still had double-digit minutes from 10 Come guys on, and man. nine guys, respectively, against Cal and against Georgetown. It's it, As you just mentioned with Alex, it is hot hand. Who is, who is playing the best? Who is playing to help this team win? And frankly, there are 10 guys on this floor who can help this team win. Whether they're doing it or not right now is the second question. But the, the main the main point of all this is there's 10 guys who can help this team win. I don't see the bench shrinking down to anywhere below eight players on the floor giving us double-digit minutes. I don't see it. I see nine and 10 giving us double-digit all season. 
Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. So in the championship game of the Empire Classic, Coach K played eight guys, ten plus minutes. Uh, Julian Baker played ten. Everybody else was outside of that astronomically. So I believe that Coach K goes back to what he normally does, which is play the guys that he trusts at the moment to win games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I think he knows who those guys are. And wow, ironically, I think he knows who they are too. Iro- first of all, turn up. Ironically, one of those guys is Matt Hurt. Matt Hurt only played five minutes yeah. in Georgetown. I believe that Matt Hurt will obviously be one of those guys. You're not safe just because you're a possible one and done freshman. Like you're not safe. Okay, so now let's move on to our second one, which is what's more likely? We talked about this last week. And all of our people there listening to the podcast, who's most likely to get a pro after this weekend? Mm. Mm. I think everything changes, right? <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. Look, no, time out. So I know that we're in a Instagram world, a social media world where feed me now, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about Trey Jones. We talked about Wendell Moore. We talked about Matt Hurt. Who's most likely to get a pro? We kind of differed a little bit. Do your opinions change now on who's most likely to go pro after this weekend? Big time because of the level of competition. It, yep. yeah, and, and this is not even the biggest level of competition we're going to face. And Matt Hurt shrunk. And I, I think it's going to take him a long time to get into the mode that he needs to be in to be this the number 12 player overall in college as, as he was to start the season. That, that He was the number 12 guy in, on most draft boards. And it's going to take him all season to even get back to the level if he can. And let's also throw in the fact this is this is us playing with context clues here. Let's throw in the fact that there are not we we are not getting a lot of looks from big guys in this recruiting class for 2020. Is there an indication from the coaching staff that there's a possibility that one of our bigs is going to be around and it ain't Vernon Carey? So yeah, I, I mean my, it, for me it's changed. I thought Matt was hands down our lottery pick coming up uh, outside of Vernon and I do believe that I, after this game if if things are going to continue this way which I think that they will I, I'm, I'm thinking it's Wendell man I, I think Wendell is the guy who's going to go pro along with Cassius and Vernon and, and I, I think we get we keep the Minnesota boys around I, I think that's how it goes for me yeah I mean I wish that we had a, a video camera on me shaking my head. Uh, <laughs> look, look, the reality here is that Matter is a great offensive player, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have the physical abilities right now. Mm-mm. It is very similar, very similar to Kyle Singler when he was a freshman. Kyle Singler yeah. uh, had the ability, but he was yep. unfortunately thrust into a role where he had to play the five and, you know, he wasn't physically ready for it. And, and not only that, mm-hmm. but he was not, that's not his role. That's, that's yeah, not his I hear you, role. I hear you. But uh, I do believe that, you know, at least after this weekend, you got to think about it. You got to think about the fact that, you know, I know that Mass 20, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Matt Hurt is ready to go pro yet. But yep. let's finish this one off. What's more likely here? Starting lineup wise, on that note, 
Jack White starting or Matthew Hurt? Man, this, this is a, a Matt-centric what's more likely. Get it together, Matt. We need you because Jack White is going to start starting over you, man. And he's going to do it all through the ACC season because the dude does nothing but play bomb defense and board like crazy. And those are the two things that Matt Hurt does not do. Okay, well, you didn't actually ask the question, but I'm answering <laughs> for you. What's more likely? Jack White starting. That's 100% what's more likely because mm-hmm. he was 2 of 4 from 3. And I want to I wanna emphasize one three that he took in the corner against Kyle. It was in the mm-hmm. first half. The second that it left his hand, it looked good. That's the jack that we need. The guy yeah. that just lets it fly. Just let it fly, babe. Uh, uh, look, Jack, just let it fly, man. We've talked about this so many times this year and last year's podcast. Just let it fly. A guy that, hey, if you miss, you miss. It's not a big deal. He does every other thing on the basketball court that you love in a player. He mm-hmm. gets in there defensively. He rebounds. He's tough. I love Jack White on the basketball court. I love mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. on the basketball court. And I don't yeah. want to bring this back to Jam with Laurier, but I really do. It's the guy. He's the guy. Let Jack White play. He's the guy for me. He, I, will, I love I love him playing. I will say this. I will say this. If if Matt because Matt has he has an ability to block shots. It's something Jack doesn't have. He he can be a good shot blocker. I will say this. If Matt for right now, today, today, Jack is going to start over Matt. I think that's how it's going to move for the next couple of games. But all it's going to take is Matt to get back to showing what he can do on offense, especially like Michigan State is a big game for this whole team. And it's a big game for a few players. And if if Matt Hurt can go into go in, in, into into Michigan State's home court, the team that that one of the teams outside of Kansas that recruited him so hard. And he can go in there and and be a he doesn't have to be a dog on defense, but on offense he has got to get inside and and get good looks inside. He's got to rebound some more, and he has got to hit those threes that are so important for this team that needs them. If he can do those things, he returns to the starting lineup because we have four other guys who can take take, take care of it on defense, and and he's there playing help defense and and getting those block shots and offside rebounds that he's so good at doing that he hasn't shown us a whole lot of yet recently. But it, it's recency effect. So, yes, right now, Jack is better. And Jack is a tremendous, tremendous player that if you bring him off the bench, we talked about it last year a little bit, bringing him off the bench seemed like the best option instead of starting him. And, and we kind of fought, we fought that battle all season last year about it. I think it's the same thing this year. I think he is more worthy coming off the bench because he can replace Matt or Vernon. It's a little bit easier for him to do that, and especially if Matt's playing well. So Matt needs to play well. I think he will and can play well, and he offers the ability to score in three different levels, which is something not many other guys on this team can do. So I'm going to disagree with you before we wrap the segment off. I would actually rather have Jack start. Mm-hmm. And the reason, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Matt come off the bench. I think that's a better role for him right now. That I think that Jack is kind of irrelevant whether he starts or not for what he brings to the team. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, having him as a senior leader, especially a voice on defense, I love having him on the court. I really do. And if you're going to go into Michigan State, as he talked about, I would rather have him on the court. So 
he's a voice. He does all the little things. He's not going to be flustered by the fans mm-hmm. that try to pretend like they're the camera crazies. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. I'm not going to allow that. So bringing Matter off the bench, especially probably after the uh, first TV timeout, where the where the where the uh, the crowd has calmed down a little bit, that's where I'd like to have him. So let's do that. That would be my my you know best play for for Matt, especially mm-hmm. you know after a couple of tough games. Let's see what happens. Okay, so we do have in our next segment though. We have a couple of predictions here. We have yep. a couple of games coming up. Uh, we have a game on Tuesday um, before Thanksgiving, and then we have another game on the Friday after Thanksgiving. And you see, I have absolutely nothing to <laughs> offer in this podcast about <laughs> Stephen F. Austin. One <laughs> of our viewers, our listeners, know all about Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> the, Stephen F. Austin is actually a really good team in that Southland Conference. They've been in the tournament a couple of times in the past, you know, in this past decade. They've they've shown their faces in the tournament quite a bit, and they have a great system. They they play they play a trapping zone defense all game long, and it's very tough to deal with. So they're going to bring that into Cameron, and we'll see. This is going to be a good test for this team to see how they handle that type of pressure. With you know, with the ball handlers that we have on the floor, it's one thing we really haven't seen much of yet against our own ball handlers is someone bringing just as much defensive pressure as we bring on the floor as well. So get your money and put it on the under, whatever they put it at, because this game is going to be a very difficult game for anyone to get good shots on. Uh, they have a couple of good scores, but it's it's going to be a very tough defensive game. It, they do have a big 6-7 score. That's another thing we haven't seen a lot of yet for Duke or against Duke is we've seen a lot of guard scores be shut down because, yeah, our guards are going to shut guys down. But let's see what happens now when we have a, a kind of a big small forward now. You know, Wendell is probably going to take that assignment, and you may even see Jack take that assignment as well. And, and let's see how, how they do against that. So I, I think Duke's going to win it. I think it's going to be tough for teams to get points this game. I, I think Duke takes this one somewhere in the realm of about seventy-three to sixty-one. Wow! So you did it pretty close. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they're, they're better than Georgia State. They are damn sure better than Georgia State. Right off. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I think our scoring ability, especially with what Verna Perry has shown, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go mm-hmm. eighty-two to sixty-eight. Okay. Now we have the uh, Winthrop, which <laughs> I know, you know. Is, Especially in the Triangle area, we all know how great Winthrop is. <laughs> They're three and three AC. Um, do you see Duke having much of a challenge here after Thanksgiving? It's the day after Thanksgiving. Nobody's nobody's going to be in the house, even in Cameron. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest with our audience here. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to be in Cameron. If you want to go, I'm happy to hand you tickets for four dollars. <laughs> nobody's going to be there. AC. It's gonna be a sluggish post-season yeah. show. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of tryptophan in this game. <laughs> You're gonna have the old the old people playing trombone in the Duke band section because the normal Duke band's not gonna yeah. be there. It's gonna be this team's first look at at a, at a a subdued Cameron. Yeah, this is and and it's Duke on a Friday night. I'm gonna continue that narrative. It's gonna be Duke on a Friday night. So again, go ahead and take your unders. And Duke's gonna, they're gonna have to slug this one out. It's a small, quick team that Winthrop has. They're not good. They're not good enough to beat Duke, or they shouldn't even 
they shouldn't even make it that close but duke's not gonna it's not gonna be a 50 point victory either so i, I think we see him beat him by a and a very ugly 19 to 20 point span so i'm gonna say duke i'm gonna say it's gonna be duke somewhere in the realm of 79 to to 57 58 yeah i like that too uh give me 78 to 52 the one mm-hmm. thing that as we go into the Thanksgiving day break duke has a phenomenal defense so yeah. let's go let's get into the Thanksgiving day break let's get on a trip to fan on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day turkey stuffing mashed yes, potatoes right. all of that stuff the gravy I know AC I know you love the gravy this is Smother my favorite holiday that man smother in gravy <laughs> it's the most Let's go. wonderful time hey, before, before <laughs> we get to the number one team in the country going to Michigan State let's enjoy these couple games enjoy your holiday let's go do Let's go, Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the Five Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at Five Point Play Podcast. That's the number Five Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter, Five Point Play Podcast. Go, Duke!